Bandit's prospects were not good. He bit three people, said the rap sheet. Then the city attorney came up with a rumor about a fourth and said to the judge, He's diseased, your honor. He's been hit on the head. He has genes. Genes is what these dogs have, and their training is part of their genetics, and it makes them mean, went one bit of light-headed expert testimony. One police report quotes a neighbor as saying, Dog could not be controlled to stop biting. This neighbor did not witness anything, but the humane police are not a skeptical, suspicious lot. There was much testimony about the Jekyll Hyde syndrome, about how all of them turn on you eventually. Effie Powell said from her hospital bed, I felt his teeth sinking into my flesh. Pit bulls are vicious. The data is all there in Sports Illustrated, shrilled dozens of callers, eager to convince me of my waywardness in defending Bandit. Impatient with learned arguments regarding illegal search and seizure and the Uniform Administrative Procedures Act, a prosecutor said, This case has been due process to death, Your Honor. The dog should be destroyed. Pit bulls have double-jointed jaws so that they can hold with the front while they chew away with the hind, says the literature of the Humane Society of the United States. And a taxi driver in New York said, No, it's triple jaws. He saw a veterinarian say so on TV. Quite often, when you bring your beloved pit bull into a veterinarian's office, worried about her health, the veterinarian, instead of keeping his or her attention concentrated on the medical question at hand, will tell you how vicious your dog is, or ask if you've been to any dog fights lately. Calico Silver, in a brilliant, if somewhat erratic, essay about dogfighting yarns, in which he praised especially one Mark Twang, identifies poets and other writers in terms of their residence on a metaphysical place called Lookout Mountain. This essay appeared in one of the underground fighting rags I chanced to see in a tax store I stumbled on. These magazines are characterized by pseudonyms and a high degree of allegory and magical realism, a genre or style that I have come to associate with writers living under military regimes, police states, and the like. Lookout Mountain survives from the days of moonshine. It is the place from which you can see the revenuers from afar. I suspect Mark Twain himself would have no trouble understanding the idea that the spot from which you can see the revenuers coming is one location of visionary truth. In these allegorical maps of America, New York City is a place way out past the foothills in the cloudy mists of the valley. Calico Silver himself lives fairly close to the top of Lookout Mountain, so has learned a lot, although not everything, he says, about bulldogs and bulldog yarns. It seems a fellow called him up one day and asked him if it was true he had fought a two-headed dog named Cerberus. He hadn't, of course, but he said this had a little truth in it and wrote, This story is called a jive story. It is a way the writer has when the understanding of true stories is small. It is this way for our species. This is not the only way it is for us, but this is one way it is. We are a lonesome and threatened tribe, and we tell jive stories. Calico Silver's jive story here is not, of course, the one about the two-headed dog, but the one about being asked if he had a two-headed dog. You need something like magical realism to say what it is like to have local representatives of humane organizations demanding that you admit that your own dog has double jaws or two heads or is a time bomb. The double jaws, the double heads, the dog as time bomb, 
These stories have a little truth in them, not as much truth as the old Rin Tin Tin stories had, but some. The dogs are strong and quick and loyal. But the understanding of true stories is small because we all get distracted. For a brief bit, when my social conscience had carried me away from the true path, I was on talk shows and learned from experience that signs of education in a letter or voice were signals that the writer or speaker was going to yammer on about pit bulls being bloodthirsty and about dope dealers. A voice or letter that sounded or looked to be working class would tend to predict someone wanting to tell me something sensible. I don't mean that they would necessarily know anything. They would usually say, They aren't all bad, and then tell me a small story.